And we're back with episode 27 of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Reed, with your co-host, Russ. And today, Russ, driving back from Athens, just going to talk a little bit about, you know, what's been going on in the Georgia football world and the college football world in general. Russ, first off, big commitment this week from Dylan Rayola, a guy we've expected to commit. He's been trending to Georgia for a long time. What are your initial thoughts on his commitment? You know, I think this guy's got a lot of talent. You know, he's got he's got a big arm. He can run a little bit. He's really athletic. Um, I think he's a good fit for Georgia. Obviously, he's gonna he's gonna come in and he's gonna hopefully fill some type of role. I mean, Georgia uses their quarterbacks normally as just like a set role. They kind of don't don't make them do too much because the offensive scheme is so good that they. They don't have to do too much. Um, but I think this is a guy, when he comes in, that you can let do whatever whatever he wants to. You know, he can he can make plays on the run, you know. You know, I think really what somebody told me this week when he committed, they said, yeah, why Georgia? Russ, my thing is, is why not Georgia? They're coming off two titles. The quarterback room, yes, it's already loaded. But you're the number one player in the country. You're the best guy in your class. And, you know, somebody said, well, they don't develop very well at the quarterback position. Stetson Bennett was a walk-on, and they turned him into a draft pick. To me, that's really good development, to take a walk-on into a draft pick. You don't see that a lot. And to take a walk-on and make him a two-time national champion. And that's just, you know, you don't see that. And, you know, I think his commitment – definitely means a lot for that 24 class. I think Georgia may have the best recruiting class ever on paper at the end of the cycle next year. And, you know, obviously recruiting classes don't mean a whole lot from the get-go. They mean a whole lot five, six years down the road when you look back and see what they did and what they won and how many are in the NFL. But I think he's a key piece to this class that Georgia needed. Um, Russ, I got a question. What do you think this means about the other quarterback in the 24 class, Ryan Puglisi, that's already signed or committed. He's not signed. Um, you know, once you get to college, stars don't matter. You know, it, everybody's just as good as you are. So, Puglisi is going to come in and he's going to compete at least for a year. Yep. If it, And he may be better. He may be better. You know, Rayola may have a big head or something and and thinks he's the best, and then come out there, and he's just not as good as everybody thought he was going to be. I mean, that that could be the case, and Puglisi could beat him out. But you know, somebody, one of them's going to transfer at some point. You you already know that's probably the case. You know, um, I've heard. You know, he put on Twitter. This was the day Rail committed. He said his he feels the same way about Georgia that he did before he committed, and that he's. You know, he's 100% in on Georgia, and I think that's great. But, you know, there's going to be so many guys in this quarterback room come next year, and you're going to have Rayola, Puglisi, Stockton, Vandergriff. Carson Beck can stay another year. I mean, think about it. You're going to lose. I think you're going to lose two guys. Yeah, and the, I two, the two guys are, um, are going to be Vandergriff and uh, Stockton. No, I think Stockton will be the starter next year, to be honest with you. Uh, Puglisi and Vandergriff. That's who I think you lose. Well, that's Russ's picks. Anyway, Russ, more news in the college football world. 
Um, EA Sports, you know, NCAA 2025 is supposed to come out next summer. Got a question for you. You know, name, image, likeness, and all this, it's kind of ruining the sport. They're coming out and saying players are going to be in the game. What do you think about that? Like, not players' names and players. players I think that's, I think that's how you make the game fun. Yeah, you put guys' names in the game, and you know, I mean, they're got obviously they're gonna have to pay them for it, but they're already paying them anyway. So why not? You know, you know this nil. There are some positives. I think a lot of times we just. In society, in general, we focus on the negatives, everything. This is so bad, this is bad, this is bad. There's a lot of positives to this NIL. And I think players should be getting money in some form or fashion for what they do for the school because the school makes so much money. And college, I mean, ESPN and all these places make so much money off these off these athletes. But at the same time, the money's getting out of control. I mean, everything's – it's just there's no laws anymore. Yeah. It's just lawlessness in college sports, and it's just killing the amateur aspect of the game. And I don't know how they're going to fix it, honestly. One more thing about it's really an NIL base, but ACC and Pac-12 right now, they're struggling with their media um, contracts as far as ESPN and all that goes, and they haven't come to any agreements. And I've heard it's been big in the news this week about Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina. Miami, I'll leave in the ACC, Russ. What would you think if they joined the SEC? Well, a lot more rivalries, obviously. Um, you know, this creates better competition, I would say. A super conference. Yeah, I mean, that they might as well put everybody in the same conference. Yeah. I mean, because if all the best teams are in the same conference, it's just going to be – SEC championship is going to be the national championship too. You know, I I've been kind of sitting here following this because I think it's interesting to see you know what happens and you know there's like the SEC with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma they're going to be making more money than the NCAA. So you know the NCAA has already lost all of its power. You know with NIL they just let everything go, and you see now. What's happening is that all these conferences are, oh, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? But the SEC and the Big Ten are just going to get better. They're just going to get richer. This isn't going to change the landscape of the sport. I mean, you know, when they opened things up with NIL, they said this competition is going to be more fair, it's going to be more even, more competitive. But the rich just got richer. Georgia just got better. Alabama just got better. USC just used all that money. They got better. And, you know, these schools that traditionally are great are becoming great again and the schools that were already good are just getting better and you even have i mean the one reason i do like nil is because you got guys that are really talented committing to smaller schools because they're being paid large amounts of money yeah and those smaller schools rise up a little bit but i I think that on there's kind of a downside to that too i think about the basketball aspect of it think about a small small school makes the NCAA tournament, they win, say, two games, and they have a young guy that just shines. He's yeah, gone. he's gone. He's gone. But you can't build anything That's anymore. That's for a portal, though. Yeah, but people are going to be calling, calling, calling money, money. Because, you know, they say part of the NIL 
legislation is that, well, you can't contact them unless they're in the transfer portal, but nobody's regulating that. Everybody's getting calls. Everybody's getting contacted. Everybody's getting money just thrown at them. People are, people are always going to contact these kids regardless of where they're at. What, what, even if they say no, they're going to get calls, they're going to get calls, they're going to get calls. And I think, you know, the transfer portal is a whole other issue. You, you can maybe limit that more, but I'm looking at how many guys are still in the portal and how many guys don't even get to go anywhere. They enter the portal and can't find anywhere and somebody takes their spot. I mean, yeah. these guys go say, hey, I'm done here. I'm done in Alabama. And then somebody comes in takes their spot and nobody wants them. Plus teams like – and the transfer portal just makes some of these better teams even better like Alabama and Georgia because they don't take – they lose a lot of guys to the portal, but they don't take that many. They take just the best of the best. Yeah, I agree. Russ, one more question before we go here. Tyler Buckner transfers to Alabama. What do you think about this Alabama quarterback race? Um, to be honest with you, I think Alabama is kind of in a tough spot at quarterback. Um, I don't know that they're going to be any good at it, to be honest with you. I think – what's that guy's name? Uh, Tyler Buckner or Jalen Milrow? Jalen Milrow is an electric runner, in my mm-hmm. opinion. He can't throw it very well. Yeah. And if, but if they develop him, I think he's. I think he'll be a good quarterback. Really, like they've developed every other quarterback who's come through there in the past, what ten years or so. Yeah. I mean, all kinds of guys you can name in the NFL right now. They are, they're very good at developing quarterbacks, and I think that he's just another step. You know, I think, which this is what I heard the other day, it just really just set me off. R.J. Young, he's, he's on Fox. He doesn't really know a whole lot about the SEC. He's more of a Big Ten, Big 12 guy. But he said that Alabama is going to be in the same spot that Georgia was two years ago about not having a talented quarterback, but just having an electric defense. First off, there's no defense like that 2021 defense. Will Anderson. And that defense, don't get me wrong, Alabama's going to have a good defense. But let's not forget, I mean, Stetson Bennett, was he just the best player in the country his first year? No, he wasn't. He wasn't great in twenty one. He was good, and he was the MVP at two playoff games. But he wasn't spectacular and perfect. But he definitely wasn't a scrub throwing for hundred yards a game, a touchdown, a pick. I mean, he was having some really good ball games back to back to back. And you know, I don't even think this is my opinion. You can disagree with me on it, Russ. I don't think Alabama makes the SEC title game this year. I think LSU does, personally. I, yeah, I, I don't think they do either. I mean, LSU, that look at what they bring back and look at what they did with a team that had barely any scholarship athletes last year. And I just don't see how LSU doesn't go into Tuscaloosa this year and win that ball game. And Alabama's got Tennessee, Ole Miss, all these teams that are Alabama's, Alabama has to play. And it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this schedule. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. They play Texas again this year? Texas, second week of the year. Yeah. I'd, it's going to be tough for Alabama this year. I can't. They it's, finally started losing, and now they got to get off of that, which is yeah. it's not easy. We've gone through it, through it for a long time. I was on, I was on Paul Feinbaum the other day. I called in, and. I was sitting in the queue listening to all these other people call in, and this one Alabama fan just—he got on there. I'm about sick and tired of this. I'm about tired of hearing about Georgia. 
Alabama's going to do this, Alabama's going to do that, Alabama's going to do this. And, I, I mean, you know, you look at it and you look at their schedule and people have been complaining about Georgia's schedule for forever. And what I immediately think is is that Georgia doesn't make the schedule. You know, there's yeah. there's teams like Georgia should be playing Oklahoma, but they can't because Oklahoma's come to the conference next year. So it's kind of like everybody's blaming, oh, Georgia's schedule. Look at Alabama's schedule. Poor Alabama. What are they going to do? And Georgia, I mean, Georgia's had some tough schedules in the past. Yeah. I mean, look at 21. Georgia opened up with Clemson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, also, I also think the schedule thing is, is good for Georgia's quarterback room mm-hmm. because – you know, we'll have plenty of time to see, you know, how Beck Beck is and what he's going to do. And if it isn't good, you can put Brock Vandergriff back mm-hmm. there. I mean, I don't think you have to put a put an offense on the field for the first five weeks of the year. No, you just you go out there and play your game and shut these smaller schools down, and you just you find your rhythm, you know. Well, I mean, the, the schedule's a joke, really. And that's my opinion as a Georgia fan. they got a joke schedule. They're going to be 12-0. SEC title game's going to be different. But with quarterback play, you know, anytime you have a new quarterback, we've seen in the past with Georgia, you know, let's look back to 2020, you know, oh, Dewan Mathis, dual threat. This guy's <laughs> this guy's good. This guy's going to be good. You know, everybody was like, I was sitting there like, this Dewan Mathis kid's supposed to be good. And, you know, look what happened to him. And then, you know, anytime you have these quarterback battles, which I don't really believe it's a battle anymore, you know, you always want both guys to get an equal shot on the field. I think they're going to get that. I think Brock Vandergriff is going to get some chances. Obviously, Kirby is a guy that likes to stick with his first group. He's going to put the best out there. But if Carson Beck struggles, he's getting pulled. Yeah, I think so too, unless it's going to be like, you know, Jake from Justin Fields type yeah. thing. When, but, you know, I don't think Fields really wanted to be at Georgia anymore, you know. You know, each, you know, everybody complained. That's another, that's another topic for another day. I'll just touch on it briefly. Everybody was, I can't believe Georgia didn't play Justin Fields over Jake Fromm. Justin Fields ended up being a first-round pick. Jake Fromm was, he's a six-round pick, wasn't he? Yeah, He's like a six-round pick. Well, let's think about this. Jake Fromm was coming off a freshman season where he won 13 games and he went to a national title game and was a play away from winning a national title. Yeah. Think about that. I thought I thought Jake was a great quarterback at Georgia. You know, his last year, you know, he had two really good years. And then his third season, a lot of guys got hurt at the receiver position. His productivity wasn't as good. But, I mean, they still had – I mean, he had three really good teams. Yeah. He never could steal a deal against Alabama, but Jake Fromm had some really good football teams. Yeah. All right, Russ, we'll close out. Yep, that's going to be it for today's episode. Um, We'll see you all next week.